Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring the one and only Ramon Foster and brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are open for business 24-7, serving hot, fresh food. Moan, we're going to talk about the Bengals today, but what we won't do is share with them the proposed title for this particular episode. You can pretty much get whatever you, you can call them whatever you want to, but we can't say it now is all we're saying. It's a family show. It is. Family it is. show. Highbrow entertainment. Just say we were being the uncle that only get puts in the corner of the cookout. That's that's where we were before the show started. That's exactly right. Well, continuing our theme this week of assessing the other teams in the AFC North. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, we talked about the Ravens. A kind of mixed bag there. Bengals, of course, just went to the Super Bowl. And there's nothing mm-hmm. mixed about that. Uh, we cannot like it. But it's the reality. And Moan, the other reality is they got pretty much their whole team back. You yep. know? They do. They do. They got the right spots of, of um, veteran guys also with guys like DJ Reader, Michael Thomas, our, our guy, man, Mike Hilton. I mean, think about that side of it. They got a, a very veteran running back also and Joe Mixon. Um, and we're not even talking about the other other Joe on their roster that uh, is Joe Burrow. I mean, Trey Henderson, you go across Sam Hubbard. They have a good balance of a lot of youthful talent. And I, I almost hate to just go down this rabbit hole of talking good about them. Um, but they, they have a, a, a really good pool of good, youthful talent with a lot of veteran experience also. And they had a bunch of cap because they have a young Underpaid rookie dynamic quarterback. We can say that, can we not? We, we definitely can. We can. We can say that. So they're they ha- they're afforded that ability to go out and get a bunch of free agents. That they DJ Reader was the high or is the highest paid nose tackle in the league right now. And like you say, go get a guy like Trey Hendrickson. Well, that's because they actually hit the jackpot with Joe Burrow. So they're afforded these type of things. They have some in-house wide receivers that are damn good. They just really do. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. I mean, let's let's think about what they have in front of them. And yeah. again, we mentioned Tyler the Boyd. running game. Yep. And Tyler Boyd cannot forget him. I almost feel bad about doing that. Uh, tight ends. They they have that also. So um, this no, is hey, a, hey, this is the where I want to jump in with the tight ends because they, they twenty one out of their twenty two starters from the Super Bowl. Uh, are, are back. The only yeah. exception to this is C.J. Ozoma, who was a really good player for the Bengals. And I know Cincinnati fans are trying to underplay this because they brought in Hayden Hurst. Right. Um, I almost have to recuse myself from any conversation about Hurst because I know him and I know his family yeah. and are really grown to love the kid over the years. Uh, yeah. Lots and lots of respect for him, what he's gone through, the way he's spoken up publicly about it. Uh, mm-hmm. He will be a good addition to the Cincinnati yeah. offense. Respectfully, Hayden, I love you, kid, but I don't know that you're going to bring what Uzoma did. And I know what the numbers were in Atlanta, yeah. but, you know, yeah. uh, otherwise, though, Moan, they had one shortcoming, mm-hmm. really. And that yeah. was the offensive line. And they even took steps to address that, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. Leal Collins, they ended up getting Kappa. Uh, they addressed that in a very strong way this offseason, man. Just across the board. They already had the young guy, Jackson Carmen, too. They got, they put together a solid team. I will not front. They went out and got the one thing that they needed. And they needed to be able to protect that quarterback, Karras. You bring him into it. They they did what they were supposed to. They built on top of what they had. This is the one time for me in Cincinnati history where I actually feel like they can be dangerous. 
And I, I, I know I said previously it's really a three-team race, and it is still because that youthfulness that they still have, I, I, I still slide a little bit in the fact that they still got to go through the gauntlet. And you know what I mean? Like, you can either be really damn good in the AFC North or you can end up splitting against two teams, meaning Baltimore can get them and we can get them a game where it's really a toss-up as far as win-losses with winning the AFC North. They're still in that mode. That That is their only just knock I'm going to have on them, that they still got to go through the defenses of Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and I'll throw Cleveland in there too. It's still that. Yeah, defensively, Cleveland is still going to be a decent team. Uh, they're just not going to have a quarterback. I, I think where, where Cincinnati is concerned – I'm with you in terms of the whole, you know, you talk about this a lot, and I'm going to bring it up myself here. Okay. You're now painted with a target, okay? Oh, yeah. The Bengals aren't showing up anywhere anymore, and nope. someone's going, oh, hey, the Bengals are in town. That's not going to happen. Uh, no. They are now going to be something of a measuring stick, and they're going to get everybody's best games, not just mm. in the North. They're going to no. get it everywhere they go because now you're going to be the team that's taking on the AFC champs. So I think that's going to make a difference. But I gotta, I got to come back to this offensive line thing because it's one thing for the Bengals to go out and get a couple of guys. Yeah. Okay. But the oh. last time we saw them on a football field, this offensive line was – it wasn't – like wow. below average it was bad okay yeah. the last time we saw the Bengals the last snap we saw was Aaron Donald chasing Joe you know and it was <laughs> yeah and it's like and it was not even difficult for him no. you know and, and I, I, I just don't know how much better they're going to get at that position because if they didn't, then Burrow doesn't matter because he's going to spend half the game on his back again. Mm-hmm. And you know how I view this too, as far as Leal Collins go. They're, uh, I, I'm guessing they're pr- predicted starting right tackle. Dallas didn't want to sign him back. If he was that guy, I think they'd at least put their hat in the, their hand in the pot as far as trying to retain him. That's not to say that Dallas wasn't just ready to move on. I get that. That's the business side of making those type of decisions. But they had to fly him in and really kind of convince him to be signed. And the same woes that I speak about as far as the Steelers with that offensive line, people asking the question, well, we spend as much money as we ever have before as far as the offensive line. You have some good pieces. I still think it's going to take time for them to get adjusted. Leal Collins, I liked him, didn't love him as far as just saying, you know, he was all pro or whatever you want to call it at that position. I think it's better than it was last year. Again, they gave up a crap ton of pressures. They gave up a crap ton of sacks when it came down to protecting Joe Burrow. So he's got to watch himself as far as getting out of the pocket also. But that group, the same way I'm charging the Steelers offensive line to get it together as fast as they can, they got to do the exact same thing. The one fatal flaw that the Bengals have, and it's a potential flaw at that, is the obvious, which is Burrow getting hurt. Yeah. And to not have somebody, you know, to not have that assurance up front. And, and like and like you said, you know, we can talk about the Steelers offensive line. Ooh, they spent mm-hmm. all this money on James Daniels and Mason Cole and kept Chooks and everything. It doesn't matter until wow. you, you know, 
Yeah, get until it you done. pull it together. And and again, defensively, they have a really good side of the ball too. Uh, those the, the front line is solid. I question the linebacker core a little bit, the same way I kind of question it with the Steelers as far as when they're going to get it together. But just in general, the back end and the front end of what Cincinnati has can cause trouble for you. They really can. They can get to the quarterback. The addition of Trey Henderson has been huge, and then just having the run stopper of of uh, DJ Reader, and they also re-signed BJ Hill to a three-year thirty million dollar deal they're just not handing that out you know what i'm saying so th- they got to get their safety signed for sure as a uh, real soon as far as his deal go with jesse bates a lot of great things we've seen mike hilton produce there cincinnati if we were to rank them and let's just be completely honest i don't know where two and three is going to fall as far as steelers and baltimore i would put pittsburgh ahead of them but of course we got to see what the quarterback position is going to look like but cincinnati they are the bullseye right now as far as the north goes and they've been yeah. there before but this one, this phase feels a little different. Yeah, this is this is this isn't built on <laughs> Vontez uh, ending people's careers. This is this is built on a, a genuinely good football team. When we come back, what were we going to talk about again? Do you remember? Way it was a bunch of everything. It's going to be football yeah, related. We'll talk about something when we come back, man. All this pressure. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. And apropos of these, you know, idle six weeks that we have in the NFL, and we can talk about anything. Somebody sent me a message. Uh-oh. They were upset about my having mentioned Tom Brady in any capacity. How can you mention Tom Brady? Is this a Steeler show or not a Steeler show? Okay. Oh. And somebody goes, well, you should just go and listen to something else then because, you know, this should be a Steeler show and you shouldn't be mentioning Tom Brady. Okay, if you're that fragile and sensitive in life, please find another show. Find another show. Stop watching slash listening to this one. Second, Moan, can you yeah. handle the mention of Tom Brady? He cost you... Trips to the Super Bowl. He did. I can handle it. And this is, okay, so the thing about that is we are very still eccentric. That is the most obvious thing ever. But it it would be, I ain't going to say idiotic, but it'd be silly not to mention and talk about your opponents and what they've done and how they went about it. Therefore, as a fan, you either know what to expect. And can I pull back the curtain a little bit, DK, because it is the Ramon Foster Show? A lot of the times, you're friends with the same guys that you hate. Calais Campbell, super cool. I enjoy the guy. It was all right. There's a bunch of guys that Malik Jackson, who who was a terror to us when he was in Denver and when he was with the Jags that beat us, okay, when we had home field advantage. Very good friends with that guy. I've communicated with so many dudes, man, that I had no idea were either fans of how I played or and I was fans of theirs, too. I brought this up to you. One of uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, uh, lineman, Kalichi, a simile. He was a guy that played on that Super Bowl team. I had a buddy of mine that was out in L.A. with just so happened to be around him. He was like, yeah, man, my, my frat brother Ramon Foster. He was like, you know him? And Kalichi, who's a Baltimore Raven arch rival of ours, had him FaceTime me just to say, hey, man, I love the way you play. I love this. You're like, it is truly a fraternity. I, it's, it's really the sport of being rivals, the sport of being opponents on game day is just that. You know, so mentioning Tom Brady or mentioning, hell, Joe Burrow, I think that's fair when we're talking about sports. I think that's fair when we're talking about competition. Who goes into a foxhole blind? 
It also pertains directly to, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, meaning yeah. who they're going to face, particularly those teams that they face twice a year. I'm going to pull the curtain back on some Ramon Foster thing here as well. <laughs> when you retired, yeah. I'd say it was about, oh, a month or so after that. You were so excited. And you can go ahead and get bashful about this, but I'm going to share it with you. You were more excited than anything else when you heard a compliment from a former opponent about the quality of your play or the quality of the Steelers' offensive line play over that decade. And I'm not making this up. Yeah, you'd be uh, like, oh, yeah, did he say that? Oh, he said that. And then you're yeah. there texting Dave and Marquise and everybody else, and they're texting you back, oh, yeah, we were good. We were good. Yeah. But because it came from yeah. an opponent, especially a divisional opponent. And that was that recognition that you were looking for that you know is so authentic because it comes from the other guys. Because it comes from the other guys. That's very true. Um, Acceptance amongst your peers is one thing when it's in-house. You know, it's one of those job roles. It's like your dad tell you something. And you'll know it's right, but soon as your friend's dad tell you something, oh, it means the world. You know what I'm saying? So getting those compliments or that recognition from your opponents is... It's, 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 it's the honor amongst just enemies. You know what I'm saying? Like you can hate somebody, but they'll tell you, man, I respect the hell out of you. And that's all it is. And you were right. We we did pull back the curtains a little bit on that DK because you just never really know where you stand. And I think everybody hates Tom Brady, although they're growing to appreciate what he does a little bit better. But this is all norm in sports. By the way, before we cut to break, that smiling picture of Tom Brady over here to the side through this entire segment was just for you, my dude. <laughs> just for you. When we come back, hey, Moan. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time for the Hey, Moan segment. And we got a good one today from Joe who says, Hey, Moan, that, uh, Show you and DK had last week had me in tears. The one about the Browns and Deshaun Watson. I can't wait until Wednesday's show. That, of course, being our Browns episode, as promised. And since you're talking AFC North this week, can you talk about how the team ownerships in the North are viewed from a player's perspective? In other words, when you talk to players from the Bengals or Browns, does do you all openly acknowledge or goof on the bad situations the players those teams have been in? Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if we necessarily we, we talk. Well, I'll say this. When James came back from Cincinnati, James Harrison there, we, we got an understanding of how they run their program a little bit. We've had other bingo players come and no, play for you us. You have stuff. to stop right here and tell that story. Uh, it, it you was, it have was, to tell the James Harrison at the Bengals story. It's, it's just he was just saying it's, it's different, not necessarily the ownership, but expectation of stuff like the standard for stuff like at, at some places, you're just a product. You're there just to do the job and go home. One of the things that was notorious that we had heard about before he went there and he just kind of confirmed to us was they don't get real eggs unless they win. Like Real they, eggs? What does that even mean, real <laughs> eggs? There's like, many times as I've heard you tell this story, I still don't get what's the difference between a real egg and a fake egg. Legitimately powdered eggs versus, hey, can I get two eggs over easy? Or can I get three eggs scrambled? Can I get, like, they got scrambled <laughs> eggs, real cracked eggs, if it if they won. 
So there was this a lot is of- why you watch this show, everybody. The Bengals serve a- fake eggs if you lose. <laughs> yeah, it's a matter of pouring the substance on the table instead of it being cracked. Like you can, hey man, let me get two eggs over easy or scrambled scrambled soft. You know, you you didn't you didn't get that in Cincinnati unless you won. It was that aspect of it of knowing that. Man, you have to beg for socks if for practice. Or <laughs> it, it's Sucks. the minimalist mindset that you're running it only uh. as a business. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, whereas in Pittsburgh, we didn't get there. Whatever you need, you're going to get. You need extra Gatorade? Fine. You need us to work on you in the training room? Fine. Beautiful. But it's also, the I'll say uh. this. I knew more about the Browns and, and and Cincinnati owners as far as it being badly run or managed than I did about Baltimore. I really couldn't tell you who's the the uh majority owner yeah. of Baltimore. Yeah, the Ravens which is a good the, thing. You now, the Ravens this really was, you know, Harbaugh gets a lot of credit for this and before him Brian Billick, but this really is an Aussie thing. Yeah. Uh, Aussie Newsom created that culture <laughs> more than any of those coaches did. And of course, Ozzy yep. and Ozzy himself will 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 tell you this in a candid moment. But a lot of what the Ravens did was patterned after. It, it, it was right. Yeah, well, yeah, Steelers, yeah, right. Of course, and or the Steelers. Yeah, um, yeah, and and, it, and and they did it. They did it in a certain way where they built up a family atmosphere down there. Yeah. And I'm sure you heard a lot of the same stuff from Alejandro Villanueva last year when he was with the Ravens. It was, and that's one of the things he said. He was like, "Man, they run it the way you need it." It's very similar to the way Pittsburgh go about it as far as the expectation and the type. Like that whole play, like a Raven. They kind of said it out loud. But there is also an inner understanding that, look, if you're a stiller, you play like one. You move like one. You act like one. Yeah, just nobody that, says it because the Ravens are actually really – The Ravens are really kind of cheesy in that regard. Like, they do weird, cheesy things. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the Steelers, they, they, they do a lot of what the Steelers do except they're cheesier about it. I, I'll you say know? this. As far as the way it was ran and expectations, like – we, I'd always, I got to a point where we kind of hit that little lag of, you know, wins, losses, probably around 11, 12, 13, 14. It was just like, hey, look, y'all need to get y'all crap together because there's an expectation when we walk out there, they're going to give us their best shot. And everybody knew it and understood it. But like, you, you kind of had to say it a little bit as far as either preseason games. You know what I'm saying? Like, but Baltimore, I mean, uh, Cleveland and, and Cincinnati, just the way they run. You know it even as a fan. You know, I know this, and this has very little to do with Cleveland's ownership, so it's kind of steering off the, the subject here. But one of those years when you guys were playing the Browns when they were like 0-100 or whatever it was, and, you know, everybody else in your whole locker room is like, oh, yeah, it's a good football team. They got some pride, whatever else here. Okay, so, so in search of the truth, I wander over to the, the corner that has the offensive lineman. And one of you, who shall remain unnamed, although it was not you, Thank goes you. goes like this to me. He goes, freaking college team. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> whatever and then and that was when i made it over to the 73 stall and the guy sitting at 73 says we will treat them as such <laughs> and i'm going oh my god treat them as such and and you did you treated them as such this is why the world needs offensive linemen you know it is it is man um 
that that's that was them. That was them. It was let's get Beautiful. this win and let's go home. On that note, on that glorious note, we will do the Browns tomorrow.